from San Diego, California. This is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DiLorenzo, your co-host with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we're digging into your emotional intimacy and how what was said and what you heard impacts your marriage. Mm, it's all about perception. And that's that's a sticking point for a lot of couples. And I want to share with you this quote from uh, comedian Louis C.K. And he said, perception is created so quickly and twisted so easily. Right. Think about that. You instantly experience something and your perception of it is... It's instantaneous. And sometimes when we start putting our perception through our own little filters, um, we get a slightly distorted version of the truth. Of what was said and what was heard. Absolutely. So I want to share, um, you guys know we love starting the show with our one hugs, whether it's an email that comes through, a voicemail um, that we get to play for the, the one audience, or even the reviews on iTunes. You know, you guys, you guys are racking up the reviews there on iTunes and we so appreciate it because that's just, that's public and people can see how this show is impacting your relationship. And so we had this, um, this review titled Fearless and it was written by That Shields Lady. And she says, Fearless, this was a quote that we had actually said in one of our past podcasts, Fearless is getting back up and fighting for what you want over and over again. Tony and Elise fearlessly address modern marriage issues. I listen every morning on my way to work. And in the short time I've been a listener, this podcast was a godsend for me. One part of a newlywed couple needing a little direction. Mm. Absolutely wonderful. Awesome. That Shields Lady, we are so happy to have you. And I, I have to tell you that when we hear that newlyweds are listening to the show and getting marriage education from the very beginning, my hat goes off to you because we didn't do that. <laughs> um, it was years into our marriage before we actually sought out marriage education or help or anything else. And I, I wish that as newlyweds, we had done a little bit more. So I always love hearing um, when our engaged and newlyweds are listening to us. But yep. let's talk about this whole perception thing. And really, this show came about because I, you guys may or may not know, I actually do coaching with members of the one family through mm-hmm. marriage coaching. We have a 90 day marriage makeover, a very intense program. And so I, you know, I do coaching calls with them and I had this like period of time where repeatedly we'd be, ha- we'd be in the middle of these coaching calls and I would hear one spouse say to the other, well, you said, and maybe not as you know snarky as I just did it, but there was definitely some attitude behind the, you said, and this is husbands and wives doing this back and forth to each other. And then the immediate response, and some of you probably even just had this flash through your head was, no, I didn't, or that's not what I meant. And the next thing, you know, that happens in those phone calls, I'm calling time out between the two of them because I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not being effective anymore. Because when you start that back and forth, when you start the accusatory, you said 
And you may or may not be pointing your finger, but there's a pointing your finger that comes through your voice. Like, well, you did this. You said this. All the rest of the communication that you're trying to have happen after that falls on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) once those defensive walls go up, guys, your conversation's over. Your spouse becomes very defensive and can shut down, become very argumentative. There's, there's lots of things that can happen there. And I always like to look at this from the other perspective. So when we get into that sort of, you said, you know, this, or you said that, I always think about it from, well, when Elisa will say that to me, how do I get, what are the feelings I feel? What happens internally? I don't know if you've ever done that before. But put yourself in that place. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in that place where you're going, when your spouse is saying, well, you said, and think about when you say that to them, what they're thinking and what's going on through them. Chances are it's not good. Mm-mm. It's not good because just like I gave you those two examples at the beginning, you know, somebody says you said, and then you either say, no, I didn't, or that's not what I meant. Right. So the problem is not necessarily, and okay, let's all admit that as we get older, you know, our memories are not the greatest. Well, we so, have, I, I don't know if I'd say our memories aren't the greatest, but we have a lot that's going on. And if you're in a household with kids and activities and, uh, and work and businesses, and you know, I feel at 40, there are definitely times when there's just a ton of stuff rolling through my brain. And so I wouldn't say my memory is bad, but there's just more stuff going on just kind of a distraction you know you're you're easily distracted and you know so because of that it's it's one of those things where we may not have actually you know the one of you that's saying you said you may not have actually heard those words Mm -hmm. but your perception of what you heard the filters that are already in place in your brain, like, well, this is what my husband always says, or this is what my wife always says, or this is what they mean when they say this, because you guys have had these patterns of behavior. And what happens with us as human beings is we fall into patterns of behavior because it's easy. Mm -hmm. Because then we don't have to think about what our reaction is going to be. We just react. Unfortunately, in dealing with other human beings, if we're always just reacting, if we're not like present in the moment and engaged, we can very easily fall into patterns of ineffective behavior. Ineffective communication, especially in your emotional intimacy. Exactly. And so, you know, in doing this, you guys start this downward spiral of, you said, no, I didn't. Defensive walls go up. Well, you said, no, I didn't. Going through my negative filter. And before you know it, you can't even stand being in the same room together having a conversation together, touching each other, because there's been all of this junk that hasn't been sorted through. Right. And that's typically when somebody, you know, reaches out to an extraordinary marriage or goes searching for us because you've got all this junk in between the two of you. Right. And so what we want to share with you today is two words that can change that whole conversation. Two words. You've already been saying two words when you say you said. 
So I'm just asking you to change your two words. And so, you know, little build up here. I want you to take a break. Just inhale, exhale. It's not rocket science. I need you to change your two words from you said to I heard. I heard and then fill in the blank. Because when you say, here I am, you say, when you express the phrase, I heard, that gives your spouse the opportunity to let you know if what you heard was really what they meant or what they said. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Tony and I are having a disagreement about money and, you know, what we've spent for a month and we've been back on track with our budget over the last year, so that has, this hasn't happened, but we've been in this place before. If I hear Tony say to me, you know, we're talking about finances and I hear you can't spend money. If I say to him, well, you said I couldn't spend any money. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, he's got like his hackles up and he's like, that's not what I said. But if instead I say to Tony, I heard what you said is that I can't spend money on groceries or, you know, stuff for the kids or whatever. It gives him the opportunity to say, honey, what I meant was we need to be more structured this month or we need to cut back from the extra stuff. You know, there's still money for groceries. There's still money for, you know, mortgage or rent or bill, you know, electricity, things like that. We're just going to cut back on the fun stuff, eating out, movies, things like that. The tone is completely different when your spouse has an opportunity to explain themselves. Right. And that's where so often you guys are missing the boat. You're accusing them. You're jumping down their throat and not giving them the opportunity to say, hey. Clarify. That's not what I meant. Right. And and a lot of this comes to a point of the conversations you're having they're in a they're at a time when there's angst mm. either in you or your spouse so you're not in a place really where you can have a solid conversation without getting upset with each other which i think is the biggest no no i mean if if you want to work through certain areas you guys got to be at a place where you're not feeling tension or stress having to f- fulfill a specific desired result Mm -hmm. if you can be somewhere where you can just talk openly and honestly and not worry about all this other stuff that's going on it allows you guys to have this free flow of conversation and even during during that one it's really good to be saying i heard even then i heard if you are at a place where there is some buildup of emotion that i heard you say again allows for the defenses not to be built up. You're not becoming defensive. You know, you're, you're squelching that. You're allowing your spouse to explain themselves even more in more detail, give you more examples. Because this is where Elisa said exactly what's happening is that we're putting up our filters. We already know what's going to be said. We think we know what's going to be said. We know we're right. I know I'm right. So this is what you said to me when in actuality, we need to be able to go, I heard you say this. Could you please explain more? 
And your spouse may come back and go, what I meant to say was this. Case in point, when Elisa and I took that drive up to LA and we were really talking about initiating sex, that was a place for us to sit down. We were in a good place, no kids. We were just rolling up to LA. took us way longer than we had to. That was a little aggravating. And yet we had a good time being able to talk to each other and do that back and forth. Mm -hmm. I heard you say this. I heard you say you want to initiate sex in this way. Did I hear you correctly? Did I hear you clearly? Do I understand that? So the ways that I can initiate sex to you are these ways. And she or I could come back and go, yeah, but let me clarify a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Let me dig deeper into this. Again, what we don't want to happen, especially at times of emotional intimacy, the anger, the rush, the, the, the heart just going out of control, sweat beating down your face. You guys know just as well as I do when we're at that moment in time, we are flushed with so much emotion. We are flushed with so much doubt of ourselves, anger, that we don't even know what we're saying. We're so frustrated that we can't even hear what our spouse is saying. And so when you said this comes up, it only takes us to another level. Been there many a times, and it's not a good place. It really isn't. As a kid, this used to happen often with my dad and I. <laughs> my dad's a, a wonderful Italian, hard-headed man. I love him to death. But I remember as a child, this would happen so often. My dad would say something, and then he would go, this is it. And I would say, no, dad, this, that, whatever. We would have our, we would have our give and go. And I realized I was getting so upset. And then my younger brother would get into it, and I, we would just get so upset and riled up that eventually what we started saying and we started implementing was, we're going to just write it down. What did you say? You said XYZ happened on this date. Well, I'm going to write it down. Because then it was, there was no, you said, no, we wrote it down. It may be for you guys that if you are driving, if you are talking, our phones now all have voice recorders. Mm -hmm. Turn it on. Turn it on. That way you guys have what was said and what was heard. And, and that's not to use as a weapon. No. Oh, against no, no, no. Like, I want to be very, very clear. This is, you know, there is value in listening to yourself and how you interact because you may not even be aware of the tone of voice or how you two are relating to one another. But I promise you, if you have to listen to a 20 minute conversation of the two of you, it's going to be awkward because you're going to hear things in your tone, in your word choice that you're not even aware of. And I know because I record my coaching calls for my clients and then I send them the recording of the coaching call and I listen to it. They listen to it. It's just like when Tony and I, we listen to the podcast and we're like, Ooh, okay, that was an interesting point that we brought up or how we said that or, you know, whatever it is. So often, once the words are out of our mouth, like we've forgotten it's, it's this kind of this weird brain thing where like the words fly out of your mouth 
and you forget the tone or what you said or how you said it. But if you've got your little voice memo going on your iPhone or you know whatever it is on your Android, it's there and you guys can go back and listen to it and go, oh, wow, that sounded really loving or ooh, that sounded a little harsh. And you can use that as a tool to self-correct your language and your tone. Well, you're going to learn exactly what's being said and how it's being said. Here's the thing. And I know many of you are like, I don't want to hear my voice. It's okay. Listen to it. I mean, you'll get used to it. But here's the thing. Many of us will look at professional athletes and go, wow, look how good they are. You know what those professional athletes do each and every week? Each and every time they get a chance, they look at video. Mm -hmm. They watch themselves. No matter if they've had the best game ever or the worst game ever or something in between. Mm -hmm. They are looking at what they are doing, how they are moving, how they are reacting to their offense, to their defense, to the player that's moving left or right. This is the same thing that we need to be implementing in marriage, right? Because we got to get better at it. It doesn't just happen. Good marriages just don't happen out of the blue. They don't just go poof. Okay, we got the greatest marriage. It takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. And if you want to be a pro at your marriage, then you're going to do things that others don't do so you can have the best marriage. Mm -hmm. And if it means you're going to go get your phone and you're going to put the recorder on so you can listen to yourselves, talk to each other, then that's what you got to do. You got to get away from yourself and all the negative connotations and negative self images and the negative words you're putting into your mind that you don't like your voice. It's not about your voice. It's about how you guys are connecting together. And so you can hear that. And I say that after four years of doing this show and listening to them over and over again and going, ouch, I can't believe I said that to Elisa or ugh, but I've learned and we learn when we hear ourselves back and go, okay, you know what? We need to talk to each other this way. So that's just something to think about. Too often in our society, people just think perfect marriages happen. People look at mine and Elisa's marriage and think it just happens. There is so much work that goes on behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. The tough times and the good times, but it takes us being willing to be pros, and I'm going to say a pro in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's interesting because you know as Tony's talking about you know the best athletes in film and things like that regardless of how you feel about Peyton Manning as a football player, if you search Peyton Manning game film, there are article upon article upon article about how he studies game film. Right. And I, like I just, you know, even as Tony was sitting here, I pulled up this picture of him icing his ankle with his helmet on with an iPad. Watching. Watching the reps happen, being able to listen to the offensive coordinator in his helmet while he's soaking his ankle. Okay, that's going above and beyond. There's a reason, and again, you know, Tony and I talk a lot about football. We use a lot of football analogies in our marriage because we enjoy football. But there's a preparation that goes into that game. There's a preparation that goes into your marriage being the best that it can be. 
and I'm telling you, sometimes those little words, I mean, you know, changing from you said to I heard is the difference between, you know, having the ball on the 20 yard line and on the 30 yard line, that extra 10 yards, you know, heading into heading into your end zone makes a difference. Mm hmm. That could be the difference in the game when you drive. If you're a swimmer, it's those extra breaths that you're able to take or those extra strokes that you're able to do because you've, you've practiced that so often. If you're a runner, it's the conditioning. You wouldn't, you wouldn't not do the conditioning for your sports. You wouldn't not do the preparation for your job. I mean, if you've got a report that you need to present, you're going to rehearse it. You're going to make sure you have all your facts. You're going to make sure you know the numbers for a sales presentation. It's time that you start making those same self-corrections and that same investment in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Because when we said this before, and it bears repeating almost every time that we do this show, great marriages don't just happen. The couples that you see that have weathered the storms and have still come out together, united, and married, those are the couples that are investing in all of this stuff behind the scenes. They're the ones that are working on the words that they say to each other. They're the ones that are saying, you know what, that filter that I've got going through my head that says, oh, he always does this or she always does that. I know what the outcome's going to be, so I don't even have to be checked into this conversation. They're the ones who have put a stop to the filter and said, hmm, okay, you know what? That, that filter isn't right. That filter is that perception that Louis C.K., I said at the beginning, it's the one that gets twisted. Hmm. Because maybe you two had a bad experience with one conversation, and so now you think that all conversations are going to be like that. Cut your spouse some slack. Be willing to change your words so that you can change the outcome. Two words can change the outcome in your conversation. It can make the difference between feeling rejected and feeling loved. And I know if you're listening to the show, I know what side of the fence you want that conversation to go to. I know you want it to fall on the loved side. And I know that it is hard for some of you to be thinking about changing your words. I know because we, again, we're creatures of habit. We like the things, you know, the patterns of speech that we fall into. You know, there's a reason that dude punctuates so many of our sentences. It's just, you know, it's just become part of our vocabulary. Being married to the dent dude, it, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, it cracks people up when Tony's talking to business people and he's like, dude. And, uh, you know, it's just one of Tony's little. And I, I call you dude. You, he calls me dude. I mean, people freak out. Yeah. I don't care. I think it's kind of cute, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, but being aware of that. See, making your marriage extraordinary, taking your marriage to the next level, wherever you're at, it's not about this crazy, you know, astronomical leap. It has nothing to do with gigantic leaps. It has everything to do with baby steps. Mm-hmm. Baby steps. It's the decision that you make this hour. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, today is a baby step. The podcast is a baby step. Making a decision that you're going to invest in your marriage is a baby step. Yeah, and we 
have tomorrow night, March 5th, our live webinar, Five Secrets to Understanding You, Your Spouse, and Your Marriage. 6 p.m. Eastern or 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We want you to join us because that's a baby step. Get on. It's a free live webinar. You can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash us. You can put in your email there and you'll get signed up and you'll get all the information on where to join us. But that's a baby step. And it's a place where you guys can start to understand each of you and how you work in your marriage. Right. Five steps to understanding you, your spouse, and your marriage. Yep. We're, we're breaking it down for you guys because we know that so much of the information out there is all about these astronomical leaps. Like you're going to you know, do a 180 in your marriage. No, you're going to go two degrees here. You're going to go five degrees here. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll have a big jump and you'll do 10 degrees getting to that 180. It doesn't happen overnight. And I want, I want to get you guys away from thinking that, you know, there's this magic wand that's going to fix your marriage, that there's this, you know, pixie dust that Tony and Elisa sprinkle over your relationship. No. And especially when it comes to emotional intimacy, especially when it comes to this, you said, I heard type of stuff because it takes time takes a willingness on both parts to be able to go, okay, you know what? We're getting back into the you saids. You know, let's let's just step back. And what did you hear, mm-hmm. honey? What did you hear? Tell me. And sometimes you might have to ask that question of your spouse. Like if the you said start flying, don't be afraid to say, honey, what did you hear me say? Right. Because it's it's a little less abrupt than calling a timeout and, you know, going, you're doing the you saids again. But what I want to encourage you to do is to figure out what that language is going to be before you have the conversation. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have language for a timeout, like saying, honey, what did you hear? Figure that out before the temperatures start rising. And if you need to have it written down on a card where you're having your conversation, do it. I can't tell you how many times Tony and I have had stuff written down in our marriage. We've had affirmations written down. We've had... Um, how we express our five love languages written down. We've had, we're having a tough conversation. What are some of the points that we want to make written down? It's okay to have your little cheat sheet (laughs) to keep you focused and on track. And if you have to write the phrase, I heard on an index card, just so you remember when you look down, ooh, I'm supposed to say I heard. Mm -hmm. Do it. They're not going to be upset if they're getting positive feedback and positive communication from you. Right. That's a choice that you make. Your marriage and how you treat it and how you act, those are choices, not reactions. You're grown-ups here, folks. You have the ability to make the choice in every interaction with your spouse on how you're going to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. When you fall into just reacting, you've stopped choosing. You've stopped demonstrating to them that you are choosing them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's two little words. And the other are two little words. But we're going to change them. We're going to change your vocabulary, right? You're going to change from the you said to the I heard. And that can impact your marriage and your emotional intimacy today. Mm-hmm. It can, you can start that today. 
It's really, really simple. And it's something that you need to bring your spouse on board. You know, let them listen to this podcast show. Let them jump on and hear what we're saying. So you guys can go get away from the, you know, you said to the, I heard. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want you to get to starting this week, guys. It's a fantastic way to really start growing in your emotional intimacy. Because as we grow in our emotional intimacy, we grow in our spiritual intimacy, we grow in our sexual intimacy. Those get to be talked about more financial intimacy. We really get to share those at a level where we're both growing, we're both understanding, and we're both coming out the other end with smiles on our faces, which is where we want to be. Let's have fun. That's what marriage is about. Let's have fun. You know, we grow through this and we learn through this. So this week, we want to hear you guys saying, I heard you say, da, 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 da. Go for it. Go for it. Tell us how that has changed your marriage. How, tell us how it's changed your interaction, your filters. Come on back to episode 208. Put it in the comments. 209. 209, sorry. Put it in the, uh, the comments and we want to know. Have a wonderful and fantastic week. We love you guys and we hope to catch you on the on the live webinar tomorrow night, oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash us. Love you guys.